What's going on, podcast family? Hope everybody is safe and doing well and you've had a wonderful week. Sorry about taking last week off. Uh, I've been very busy with my other podcast, The Unicorn Finders, where you can find in all podcast apps. Um, It's with my dudes, Dan Thompson in Tampa and Jake Shepard in Raleigh. We're really um, digging in with that podcast. We have six or seven episodes out now, so go check that out. A little shameless self-plug there. So this week, uh, this episode is specifically Uh, focused on the job search process. And it's actually a panel interview that I did with the Nashville Technology Council. And I was on a panel with uh, a corporate recruiter um, and a few other individuals in HR. So it's a really good organic roundtable conversation. Uh, So hopefully you get something out of it. Um, This is a two-part series. So this first part is released obviously this week. So if you notice, this podcast ends a little abruptly. Uh, Just tune in next week to hear the rest of it. And I hope you all enjoy this as much as I enjoyed being on the panel. Uh, As always, if you can please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast, to this podcast, and share it with others. Um, And really, if you can rate rate and review it, that would be huge, Um, even if it's just five stars and no comments, because I really want this to start gaining traction in the app stores. Um, And honestly, I think it already is. Um, And so please continue to share with your friends. Let this be a tool for you um, to to obviously navigate the job search. Uh, Also, if you need to reach me, email is the best way, taylor at vaco.com. And finally, I'm really digging my heels into all all social media platforms with content creation around the job search process. So follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn at tdesen, T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And hopefully you enjoy this podcast episode as much as I did recording it. Thanks, y'all. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Steve Cherry from the Nashville Technology Council. Uh, thank you for joining us for our uh, uh, event today, Job Search Tips for Navigating the COVID-19 Era. Uh, the panel today will be narrated from Kate O'Neill, co-founder of Teaming. And we also have with us uh, Paige Boyd and Tyler uh, Desson. They'll introduce themselves in, in just a minute. So I want to turn everything over to uh, Kate to begin our, our session. Hey there, everyone. Um, I hope everyone's having a, a good week. I'm excited to have you all here. Um, really, this is just going to be uh, kind of a Q&A uh, with, with Taylor and, and Paige. Um, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves here now. Paige, go ahead. You first. I was just going to say, who's going first? Hi, everyone. It's Paige Boyd. Uh, I am the owner of a a local coaching and consulting company called Speaking Change. Uh, Prior to that, though, I spent 10 years in staffing and another 12 to 13 years in corporate HR. So I'm excited to be here with you today and share some of our uh, insights and learnings about the job search process. Uh, And hey, everybody. My name is Taylor Desson. Um, I work for Vaco in town. I've been recruiting for eight years. Uh, I'm a senior recruiter advocate, so I help manage a team of 10 recruiters. Uh, I work mainly with software developers in the market, um, and I had the opportunity to speak at a handful of code conferences across the Southeast last few years, um, and obviously, you know, really try to help educate not only the recruiting world, but the developer world on, on really how to work with recruiters um you know not only during this time but uh really just the job search in general so i'm super stoked to be here thanks for thanks for inviting me yeah yeah uh let's let's start with you taylor um you know uh from a recruiter perspective 
right? Um, you know, you get a call from a recruiter or you have a call set up with a recruiter. What's the best way to have a conversation and engage with a recruiter? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is the, a question I get a ton and, and it's, it's, you know, I'm sure right now, if, if you haven't yet, um, you probably will be blown up, um, you know, over, uh, you know, um, LinkedIn a ton um, on, on how to work with recruiters um, and, and are just, you're just overwhelmed and you're probably asking yourself, how do I even ferret out all, all these recruiters? And so the, the big thing that I would add, that I would say first and foremost is something called the two and two rule that I say. Um, I would look to see if the recruiter has been um, at that same recruiting company for at least two years and then also um, have been in the market specifically for two years. Um, I've been in Nashville for six years now and I'm still learning about companies uh, in town. And so typically this is a very unpopular opinion, but I still stand by it. Um, I had one of my recruiter friends actually just affirm me the other day on this uh, at Vaco, but um, usually recruiters who are not the best at their job, uh, they usually have to bounce around. Uh, to try to get their um, base raises because they can't hack it from a commission perspective. And so if you see a recruiter that's bounced around a few times, um, I'd, I'd maybe stay away from. But again, my team specifically, a lot of individuals are under that two-year mark. Um, and I got hazed the other day about saying this because they're incredible recruiters as well. Um, so again, that's just a general rule um, on how to filter kind of through recruiters at just an eyeball test. Um, and then um, you know, on the screen right now, there's a ton of questions to ask recruiters. And so I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, but if a recruiter sends you a job, uh, these are 10 questions that um, that actually my team asked uh, our, our com companies that we work with. And so, um, you know, some of the questions right here, you know, uh, if if it's a contract to hire role, is the budget approved to go full time? Um, how many other vendors are working on this position as well? Um, I had the unique opportunity to actually uh, speak at the Chattanooga.net user group, and I shared this template. And the funny story is I had a developer use this template on me six months later. Uh, and so uh, it worked really well. But I think if you can save this and just email it to every recruiter, you'll definitely stump them. Really, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, right? But a recruiter wants to put you in as much as they want the company to find the right role, right? Or the right person for the role. They also want to make sure that this is going to be a good role for you. Um, so I, I love that guidance on, you know, make sure they've been in the market, make sure they know a little bit about what the ins and outs of the job are, because um, they're really guiding the whole process. Um, for me, as a candidate, let's say, and for the company uh, from a hiring perspective, uh, it's gotta be a right, right fit, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And Paige, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on kind of all this as well. Yeah, I was actually, I love your question. I love them all, but number three really stood out. You know, I had mentioned I spent a lot of time in corporate HR. I didn't say specifically that about five to six of those years was leading talent acquisition at two local big companies. And so, you know, I want to add today that kind of the other side of that recruiter desk because Taylor and I talked a lot about all the different people that are in the process. And so number three is really, you know, a lot of times just being sure before you put yourself in the mix, you know, if you definitely need something that's going to convert or that's going to turn into something long-term, you know, does that client have that position budgeted? 
Is it in the plan for the following year? I think that's just a real important question to ask. You know, things may be different right now, given the reason we're here is, you know, COVID-19 has changed the world for all of us. And so what I would say is it's probably a good time to maybe take a few risks that you might not normally. Um, I think, you know, maybe getting your foot in and getting started, a lot of things can happen over the next six months that none of us can anticipate. Um, yeah, so these are great questions. And, and the other thing I would say is Taylor and I share a love of like recruiters against recruiters. <laughs> I love his tagline on his LinkedIn. Um, even though we both are recruiters or have been in a prior life, um, there's, you know, we understand that sometimes being on the other end of that is a challenge. And so hopefully today we can share some behind the scenes advice too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, first, maybe Taylor, yeah, you can answer this and then Paige sure. would love your opinion. But, you know, we're all in this digital world, right? And we want to make sure that we are, uh, as a candidate, attracting the right companies for the right roles. Um, can you share a little bit about what's the difference between what I should put on my LinkedIn and what I should put on my resume? Yeah, absolutely. So this is, I've gotten this question so many times over the last six, seven weeks. Uh, and, and this is just my two cents, right? And, and again, I'm all, I always come out of place in the sense of, I know I'm only one recruiter, right? And, and there's a ton of recruiters out there. Paige, Paige and I've chatted offline. We have different thoughts on different things. And that's what makes it, that, that's what makes working with a few recruiters at one time um, uh, just so right. important because you can get different voices. I mean, right now in this market, I would say if, you're, if you do not have a job, I'd work with up to four of us right now. Um, usually in a good time, I say work with one or two. Um, and so right now, just kind of sidebar, work with up to around four of us because we don't work with everybody in town. Um, every recruiting every recruiting company has their own book of business. So just FYI on that. So let's get obviously to the question. I have a tendency to go all over the place. But um, yeah, so uh, LinkedIn uh, versus your resume. So um, the example up, up on the screen right now is actually from a dear friend of mine um, that I, I made when I worked in a Raleigh office for a year. Uh, his, his LinkedIn is written really well, but in a nutshell, your resume, your LinkedIn should be a summary, um, of, of essentially, um, it, it should be a summary of your resume. And so that, that's incredibly important. Um, you know, for me, he outlined a lot of different areas, um, of what he's done, um, which is, which is incredibly important. But your resume should be a little bit more detailed and your LinkedIn should be obviously a little bit more, um, you know, at a high And hiring managers get flooded a lot of times with resumes, right? And so you want to, you know, you've probably heard the soundbite that recruiters spend seven to 10 seconds on a resume. And in a lot of cases, that is, that is true. Um, but you want your resume to stand out in the, the areas that you feel like you have unique strengths that align to the job. And so I always encourage people, whatever the result is, like your, your resume should be written in terms of results, not responsibilities. People wanna know what you uniquely have done, not what the job description says. And so when I'm helping clients with resumes, we really hone in on like bolding and italicizing, you know, just a few words that represent the outcome, the result that they got, what was different in the job as a result of their work. I, I think that's great advice from, from a person who's a hiring manager, right? I, I look for those things, right? What are, what are the key word, what are the key skills, right? That, that are coincidentally often the key words I'm looking for in a resume. 
Um, I love that this is bulleted. And honestly, you know, I've, I've struggled with this as a candidate myself, right? It, I might be looking for two different type of roles, right? In, in this instance, we've got a, a program manager and a software developer um, that he's got both of those skills. You know, I like that I can quickly kind of bang down his, his LinkedIn profile and see, all right, He's got strong skills in both these areas. Um, he's concise to the point. Um, and by the way, I'm assuming that this is a man. Could be a woman too. Um, it is, it is. <laughs> it's my good friend, David Green. Okay, okay. Um, but, but um, you know, I think uh, this is something from a hiring manager perspective, I, I can look at this and, and consume quickly and, and understand where the, the talents, uh, where the talents lie. So um, I think that's great. Uh, we lost you there for a t for a second, Taylor. I don't know if there's anything else yeah. you want to add here or uh... no, no. I mean, I I think you know I come at everything from a software development perspective. So I think if you want to summarize your LinkedIn in a few bullet points, it's you know first bullet point: tell me what you're doing, like you're describing it to a non-technical person, right? I'm developing the notification, you know, that pops up on this app, right? When you order food. Um, and then your second bullet point is, you know, kind of really talking about the technologies you're specifically using to solve that application, to develop that application. And then the last bullet point is kind of your entire tech stack that you're working with. And, and, and the reason why I include kind of that third bullet point is because recruiters search on keywords. And so I think it's important to have your LinkedIn and your resume littered with keywords. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of individuals don't like to just throw in a bunch of, you know, tech jargon, but, but it's incredibly important. That's, that's great advice. Um, we've, we've got a question uh, from the audience here from, from Mike. Um, do one, do either of you help with resume writing or optimization? And if not, um, where do you recommend going for, for that sort of thing? Paige, you first. Well, I was going to say, Taylor, you want to go first? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do. You know, what I would say, and you guys know this, if you've ever sat down and written a resume, resume writing, I mean, it's hard work, right? I mean, it's not hard in that you don't know what you've done and you don't know what you're capable of, but it requires a lot of reflection and a lot of deep thinking. And it's pretty detail oriented because you cannot have mistakes. You cannot have typos, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say is for the most part, I would not encourage people to, to have to just spend a lot of money um, on getting someone to help them, right? Because nobody knows you better than you know you. So first, you know, try to do it yourself. Download, there are free templates everywhere. Really the key is just to be um, specific. You know, and I always tell people the resume is to get you the interview, right? It's not to get you the job. So you do want to put your best foot forward and represent yourself in the best possible, possible way. People always ask me, can I embellish? Well, absolutely. I mean, this is a marketing tool, right? You're selling yourself. As long as when you get in the interview, you can back it up with facts, right? It has to be true. It has to be you that's really done those things. Um, if you're not one, like certainly I have clients that come and say, yeah, I hear you, but I'd rather outsource it because, you know, I don't have it in me to do it, right? Um, and, and that's fine. In those cases, I mean, you can Google local resume writing support, local resume writing, tons of companies will come up. You're gonna find some that'll help you do it for you know, a couple hundred dollars up to a couple thousand dollars. Um, it really is you know, what, what you're willing to invest. Um, you don't need to spend several thousand dollars uh, you know, on a resume. 
the other, I guess the last thing I would say is even if you were to come to me or any other company, there, we're going to have to, you're going to have to be highly engaged, right? Like, I don't know what you've accomplished, right? And so you have to provide the, the bulk of the content. What I would do or some other company would do is really just try to put it in a framework, you know, um, put maybe some words in it that are going to be attractive to hiring managers and recruiters. We're going to sharpen it up and make it look good, but the content has to come from you. That's great advice. Um, and just, uh, we've, we've got some more questions rolling in here. Um, for everyone on, um, we're going to get to all of them. We, we've got some, some sort of pre-content that we want to get through. So if I don't um, call out your, your question yet, we are going to get to it. Um, so just want to make sure everyone knows that um, we will, we'll get there if we're not quite there yet. Um, one thing I think that I would love to, to make sure we're all on the same page about, and um, Paige, maybe you can answer this first. Um, can you give an overview of the different types of recruiters that there are and who is involved in the process of hiring a candidate? Yeah, so um, Taylor, jump in here. I certainly will. And, you know, so I, as I said earlier, I started my career very similar. Um, Taylor and I share a lot of similar backgrounds. So I was in staffing for 10 years. There are people on the front end who are just sourcers and screeners. And then what we called someone that had full responsibility for a desk, like life, full life cycle recruiting, you know, that would work with multiple companies. Then you might have some that are dedicated to just a few companies, right? And all of that I put in the camp of external recruiter. So any agencies in town, whether it's, you know, frontline to executive um, roles, and those people work hand in hand, frankly, um, with people inside corporations, small and large companies, right? So sometimes they may be working with um, the direct hiring manager. They might be working with a corporate recruiter. They might be working with an HR partner. Um, they might be working with a CEO or general manager. It kind of depends on the size of an organization. But, but the most common scenario we see is, you know, where a hiring manager or a corporate internal recruiter is reaching out to a partner agency um, and sharing a, a job spec or a profile, you know, a need that we're looking for. And it's really very much like a partnership, you know. And so the, the process is often, you know, external recruiter sources candidates presents maybe the top candidates and then an internal recruiter is doing their screen right and then that's passed on to sometimes the hiring manager or an hr partner and so what i think you're getting at kate right is oftentimes the process can feel very complex it can take a while um and knowing you know kind of where you are in that process at least helps you have some patience or you know understand a little bit more about what you can do and when you might just be in a holding pattern. Um, hey, Taylor, let you take yeah. it from there because I know you've got a, a unique perspective there too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I, mean, I think you just crushed it, right? I, I think there's, you know, I mean, I don't really <laughs> have time together, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, for me, I think there's validity to, to both. I, think, I mean, again, so I'm on the agency side. Um, but then I, you know, I know, you know, a ton of really great corporate recruiters as well. And so, um, yeah, I mean, those are, th those are the kind of two main types. And then, I mean, you can get kind of specialized. Vaco's got a ton of specialties. Um, you know, I think another thing that just popped in my mind, I would ask the recruiter if they do have a specialty. I think that's an important question to ask. Um, because, um, I work with everybody in tech, but my specialty is the software development. Right. And so, you know, if, if, you know, but, but I say that and I recently just 
you know, place the project manager. And so, you know, I, I think, I think if you can have somebody who's within your general skill set, um, who you can kind of nerd out with, I, I think is incredibly important. Um, and I think all those questions, I think that we shared a few slides ago is obviously incredibly, you know, applicable to, to both the agency and the corporate side. Yeah. And I think too, um, from a candidate's perspective, right, I've been through this before where I talk to the external recruiter. I think we've had a great conversation and then, and then I'm passed to another recruiter and I'm like, well, I don't necessarily understand um, until I get into the conversation where I'm like, oh, okay. Like I was talking to someone at an agency. Now I'm talking to the act, someone who actually works for the company that is looking for for a role right to fill a role um and then typically i'm talking to the person who would actually be my manager um or you know someone who actually knows more about the role or or is the direct responsibility or has a direct responsibility for whoever fills this role um so i just from a process perspective understanding hey you you're gonna have conversations with multiple people that are um trying to understand a little bit more about your skill set that might not be um, in, you know, they're not a software developer themselves, right? Um, or a project manager or whatever. Um, so there might be some, uh, you might be talking about the same thing a little bit um, through that process. Um, just setting that expectation, I think, um, is good. Well, um, yes, I totally agree. I'm glad you said it that way because it reminded me of something we talked about and which, you know, sometimes what happens is as a recruiter, I might not find the exact profile in a candidate that I'm looking for, but I find somebody that meets maybe, you know, seven out of 10, right, of the kind of highlights or four out of five. And so I want to talk to them and I then, you know, I really like them. Like they have a really interesting background. They have a really good set of experiences. They seem really relevant. So I want to have a couple more people talk to them. And what through that process is they talk to other people, other people come back and go, well, you know what, they actually are a great fit for this role over here. That maybe yeah. I wasn't working or my team wasn't working, right? And so a lot of times that happens. Um, and just trying to keep the mindset, and it's hard, you guys, you know, one of the things that we talked about is we've all, we've all been through a job search. And I see Steve's, you know, putting up some of the top tips. I mean, searching is hard, right? And so just trying to have the mindset that one, you know, it is going to feel like a full-time job and just, uh, you know, kind of leaning into that from the get-go and kind of thinking about time prioritization and trying to keep the positive mindset of if I just keep one step in front of the other and talking to a bunch of people, the right thing is going to land. It just will, right? It might not land exactly the way you thought it would or in the exact place, but um, there is nothing more valuable than leveraging your connections and you know thinking about that target set of companies um well and Paige, i'm interrupt you real quick because i i think you said something fantastic and i've been talking to obviously a, a ton of individuals about this like the job search process is like not something you like wake up and do for like two hours while you're sipping your coffee and then like you're done for the day and you go binge watch netflix like like i have a full-time job networking yes. right like like you have a full-time job networking and so like networking is a full-time job. And so if the expectation is that you're going to wake up in your pajamas and like get on the internet and like shoot off some text messages and close your computer done for the day, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, it's just wrong, right? I, I, I think you need to be very prepared um, to get up early and you need to get up early because all those individuals that are on the job search are hitting the job boards first thing in the morning, right? And so, 
incredibly important that you get up and get rolling, but then also to like go through the steps, right? Message people on LinkedIn. I think right now, a lot of, a lot of developers or a lot of individuals, I'm like, you have to be a recruiter. And they're like, well, what is that mean right and so and i don't know if i'm skipping ahead but i mean i think it's messaging people on linkedin that are in your network i think it's opening up your phone book right people are like well i don't know how to use linkedin i don't know how to use social media open up your dang phone book yeah. right and i say phone book it's funny I, i'm like an old man like no open up your contact list in your phone uh, i don't even know what a phone book is i got you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so um uh yeah so i mean all that being said like it, it, it is work and it takes time but the, the one little nugget that I, I want everybody listening to take away with is it's one intentional conversation a day, just one. Hold yourself to at least one call. You know, we can't do coffees. Maybe you can do coffee like, you know, 12 feet apart, but like one call, one coffee, one Zoom a day with somebody in your network, that will snowball. My dad did it, not in the tech industry. He's, he's in the restaurant industry and found a job in three months doing that. 